Welcome to Through the Mirror, a show dedicated to looking past our own reflection into the lives of unique individuals. This is a show where we bite back against social norms, not only to better ourselves, but to educate and inform the world around us. We're not perfect, and we have a lot to learn. So join us on our journey of looking through our own mirror. Our guest today is Colleen, a highly successful sex worker and social media giant. She has over 2.5 million followers on TikTok. Colleen gives us an in-depth look at the sex work industry, but she's much more than just a stripper. She's a mom, wife, and highly intelligent entrepreneur. Okay, I'll stop gushing. Let's get into the interview. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today, we have Colleen here. Uh, I actually reached out to her on TikTok, and amazingly, she she got back to me and agreed to record. So, Colleen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And let us know real quick how many followers you have on TikTok. Uh, 2.5 million. 2.5 million and one because my wife followed you tonight. <laughs> oh, flattered. I'm I'm too that old awesome. to to deal with TikTok because I don't give a shit. <laughs> I just I can't partake in it because I can't do any of the dances because I'm fat and I'm white and I'm a dude and it's just not my thing. <laughs> oh, that... So my 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 wife partakes. Okay, I originally didn't want to have a TikTok, but uh, just over a year ago, I finally decided. Okay, fuck it, why not? And <laughs> I I uh, what was it? Even though I am a dancer. I don't dance on TikTok. So for like yeah, my noticed- first account, because this is my second account, hence why my username is Colleen Kepler 2, because it's my second one, because my first one got mm-hmm. banned. But it was like with my first one, I would continually say that like my slogan was, I'm the dancer that doesn't dance. Because you don't need to dance. Granted, it's easy, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because sex sells, you know, overnight, immediately. Yeah. But but she didn't really need to to sell her sex. She just needed to sell her um, stories right. from when she did dance. Well, but if you don't have worthwhile content that people want to listen to, right. dancing's a good way. You know what I mean? If if you're not a good order and you don't have anything worthwhile to say, if you could dance on TikTok, you could mm-hmm. garner quite a few followers that way. But she doesn't have to. I, w- I wonder if I just started dancing with my dad bod, if I would get any traction. I'm going to let you know right now. Um, I would be your first subscriber. I would be the first. Oh, yeah. I would give you money. I would grovel at your feet. <laughs> well, I don't want you to follow me. So, anyways, um, so uh, one of the one of the more interesting questions that um, I wanted to get into was: so with this pandemic, all of the clubs have been shut down. So, wh- how have you been making money? What's your mainstream of income now? I- Drive through strip club. No, that uh, is both. <laughs> I think Oregon and Texas are doing that. I well, I know for sure Texas is, but I think Oregon started doing that. And then months later, Texas followed in suit. But people had forgotten about Oregon, I believe. So when <laughs> Texas started doing it, it was all the rage of people. Oh, my God, look at this. And then people like me and other dancers who are just two, three hours away from Portland are like, well, we... <laughs> We saw that and we opted not to do it uh, just because it's between the commute and Portland is a stripper capital of America from what I've heard. Really? It has I did not know that. The, the most uh, clubs per capita uh, or whatever. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so a lot of dancers in the 
between Washington and Oregon go to Portland. Uh, and I have yet to be. Um, oh, and this is too something about me personally. I trail off like bunny trails when I talk. What was the That's fine. question? <laughs> with the, with the pandemic, how has the pandemic oh. affected your, yes. your line of work? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the club has been closed for going on 11 months now, and I have an OnlyFans account. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I joined that craze. I was so I was just talking to my wife about it too. I was like, I wish she had an only. I couldn't find anything because mm. all I could see was your TikTok, and I didn't go super deep into it. But we, uh, <clears throat> a couple months ago, when we were looking into finding somebody like a sex worker uh, to have an, on the podcast, uh, we had found this girl's OnlyFans. But I could not give them my money; like they would not take it. I tried so many times that I could not get a subscription. And my wife's like, why can't you just see some tits? I don't know. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to. And I was. You have dirty money. Yeah, I do have dirty money. It's 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 riddled with uh, cocaine and, and blood. <laughs> I, I, I was interested to see if you did because I had the same thought in my head that Aaron had just posed to you about how has it affected your line of work? And I saw you. You're good looking. And I was thinking. Oh, maybe shucks fans but i couldn't, couldn't find the the info and i didn't i didn't like look look because i don't have tiktok my wife is that's her phone and her things so, yeah. but that's i mean that makes sense you've got to make money somehow you know and, and you're good at it you paid Thank for you. it yeah it's in my link tree in my bio which there's now a warning sign that if you click my link tree it will hey caution are you sure you want to proceed but right I, 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 i've seen that yes yeah. <laughs> Like, I also have noticed that I don't know if I have specific people that are, like, monitoring everything that I post and trying to take it down because I am a outspoken sex worker. But when I have made TikToks saying that I do have an OnlyFans account, those get flagged promptly. So I've had to work around it by either insinuating it or, yeah, just, like bringing up random stories or situations that without flat out saying go to my, cause then right. that's called solicitation and I'm not supposed it's to It's just that. like on Facebook marketplace, you can't just openly sell a firearm. So what I've seen, and it's a meme, but it's also very real is somebody will have like a pistol or a sidearm or a shotgun or rifle of some sort that they're selling. But what they'll show is like a miniature unicorn figurine or some toy. Like, oh, look at this toy. It's a, you know, nine millimeter whatever toy <laughs> message for details. You know, they're, but they're able to circumvent the rules of Facebook and various online marketplaces by not openly and explicitly saying, I'm selling this gun. Give me money for it. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying. And there's, there's a lot of with TikTok, there's, and there's so many things about it and there's so many data breaches and so many lawsuits and this and that and do we ban it do we keep it there's kids that are on there doing these dances there's a huge presence of of children mm -hmm. that probably shouldn't be on tiktok agreed so God. i i i get the reasoning behind it because like well why are you peddling this to a, an audience that's mostly kids here for dances and for memes mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah now, with your OnlyFans, is it is it strictly just you stripping? Because I'm, I mean, with uh, OnlyFans that I am subscribed to, it's a little bit more than just stripping. Yeah, it's like hardcore, hardcore things. Yeah, well, I do have two separate accounts. 
one that is the solo playing with myself Ooh, videos oh. whereas the <laughs> other one is like a the subscription which is access to like videos and photos that aren't hardcore anything but rather i'm mm-hmm. nude i'm dancing stripping uh doing like sloshing i've heard a sloshing where i'm like jumping and bouncing in food and smothering food all over me or i'm telling uh, <laughs> i mean <laughs> Or I'm also telling if stories, you're into- telling stories that I'm not comfortable if- with sharing on TikTok for the teenagers. So I share stories also uh, that are more PG-13 and R-rated. Mm-hmm. So it's a quite the variety. And too, I've had a lot of people say that they're glad they have uh, made the swap over because they didn't believe I was a server. But then they see my OF and they're like, oh, now I see it. Same with the TikTok me and my boyfriend posted last night with a red silhouette uh, of us in. I saw that one. I saw that one this evening. Um, you were wearing like the sugar glider costume yeah. thing. Yeah. And then the next frame, the music went like lo-fi. And I mean, it was, it was sexy. I mean, I told my wife, I was like, damn, that was, that was a, a shift. <laughs> that was impressive. It was, yeah, it was a huge turn on for sure. Thank you. I try so hard. So with, with being in that industry and being a very vocal sex worker, was that something that you wanted to do before becoming a dancer, before becoming a stripper and working at clubs? Or was that something like, I, it's a means to an end, like I got to make money somehow? I had to make money somehow. Cause... Okay, but okay, next question. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy it? Do, do you feel like it demeans you in any way? Is it empowering to you to, to be in this position where people want to see you and are willing to pay you for it? For that aspect, it doesn't phase me because my personal love language isn't words of affirmation. And so people showering me with compliments doesn't do anything to feed my ego. It was being able to work fewer hours and get paid more. That gave me more freedom to do what I wanted to do on my spare time when I wasn't having having to be at work. On top of having more money to when my friends needed help, when my family had medical bills that needed to be paid, that I could help cover that and get the stress off of their shoulders. It was a bigger picture for me. Right. That is a great fucking answer. Okay. So (laughs) dealing with a-holes at work, I actually enjoy being around a-holes because I know they want to be treated with more respect and the strip club isn't really the place to go because of how girls are so condescending towards men in general. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and that fake personality, the most hated personality is a fake personality and girls don't know how right. to be comfortable in their own skin. So with a constant, hi baby, how's it going? And it immediately makes guys feel uncomfortable because they don't want, they know that they're automatically being used. It's bullshit. Yeah. 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 We know it's bullshit. And I was, I was, I've made this statement before and it sounds horrible, but it's very true when you think about it. Strippers are not real people. We're selling a fantasy. I don't say that. Exactly. The, the, the person you are when you're at the club, when you're on a stage, when you're on the lights, when you're working is not the same person that you are when you get in your car and go home and you mix a bowl of mac and cheese and eat it on the couch while watching Gilmore Girls. It is a completely different person. That is a persona. And what uh, part of the male ego is, is, is feeding into that. And there are guys uh, that when they go to a club or when they go to these, these places where strippers are present or they have a party or whatever, and 
these women feed that ego, it's, it's lining their pockets. Mm. You know, they're doing it for a reason. They're, they're doing it because it's their job. I'm, you're going to give me money exactly. and you're going to like it because you think that I like you. But when I get home, I'm going to forget your face. I'm going to forget your name. And I'm going to sit down and watch Netflix with my cat. And tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing all over again to some other poor bastard. Because yeah, we've, we've had so many people well, that like, whether it's weeks or months, even over a year after they had been into the club, they'll come back and ask, do you remember me? And be offended. We don't remember their name. Sorry, sir. You are not the only person who saw my booty hole. Um, can we like, right. Just keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing that I can equate um, a, a dancer or entertainer stripper, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the PC term is, um, is like basically like a, a server. So, you know, you clock in, you put on a happy face, you leave all your troubles at the door and you make money. And then when you clock out, you go home, you're you again. Right. Mm, to a degree. I, that is very depending upon the dancer, because there are some dancers that do go into full character and others who fullheartedly believe men are only serving a purpose to pay for everything for a woman. And it shows through their character because even for all the stories I've heard, certain dancers in the locker room just lament about whether it's their boyfriend, ex baby daddy or whoever that I can tell why they continually have relationship issues. Like, well, if you've changed the way you thought about men in general, maybe you wouldn't have reoccurring issues. I love to entertain people and I've become uh, good friends with a comedian that me explaining what we deal with, he he made it seem like what uh, us dancers, entertainers are probably more related to comedians that we are having to put on an actual show. And then once we're off the clock, right. people still mm-hmm. expect the same of us. Whereas like with waiters, waitresses, it's fully understandable. Okay, well, you're done because we don't uh, waiters and waitresses. They don't have a persona that they are promoting whereas Mm -hmm. for comedians and entertainers and dancers we are yeah i mean and i can i can attest to that i uh i listened to dan dan cummins um he's a comedian he's a podcast host he does time suck a bunch of other stuff and i've referenced him frequently on the show because we're making a podcast and his stand-up versus how he is on his podcast is two very different people his stand-up has a very particular pacing to it uh, how he delivers jokes, how he delivers a punchline, he gets to the point versus how he is on his podcast. He is not nearly as eloquent. He's mush mouth. He talks, he, he can't pronounce <laughs> things. He's very flawed and it's very unscripted because he's reading it off of a piece of paper because it's all research that he's done on various topics. And so I, I get what you're saying there. And that that's actually a really good uh, a, a way to compare or, or way to, uh, Describe how you are at work versus how you are away from work. You're selling a persona. You're 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 putting on a mm-hmm. show, quite literally. Yeah. Well, that that's kind of like one of the things that I've noticed in the OnlyFans that I follow is it's almost like what they're selling is not really themselves. So maybe there is some sort of like disconnect from you know what they're selling and what they're putting out there versus uh, with entertainment versus you know, who they actually are as a person. So it's not like you can sell a product, you're almost selling yourself or you're selling your personality or the the person that you're putting on. I like to say that I'm selling the attention 
rather than or like attention <clears throat> affection versus anything else i like that a lot yeah that's really good so um being that you work in a club and you have an only fans you, you're making good money uh you're in a relationship have a kid you've been through some shit like a lot of us have we've all been through some pretty awful shit mm-hmm. in our past with your club being shut down on for 11 months now did they have benefits for you are you a contractor through the club that you work for do you work your own hours do you set your own times how does that all work on your end when you are at the club? Contracts vary club to club. And with the, was it, uh, as soon as quarantine hit, we, because we were paying for health insurance and our own benefits, all of that, we pay for it out of our own pockets because we are self-employed. And mm-hmm. I ended up having to cancel my health insurance, to which <laughs> I thought it was amusing that the woman, when I was on the phone with her saying, yeah, I need to cancel my insurance, her asking, okay, well, is it like, why are you having to cancel it? And me saying, well, uh, COVID, I can't work. And her immediate tone was, oh, I'm so sorry to <laughs> ask. Like, no, you're not. I don't know if it was a part of your job, but like, oh, you're broke. That's yeah, definitely in the script. Yeah. Say, oh, if you're switching jobs, okay, I understand. Can we convince you? But if it's, oh, you have no money? Oh, you poor thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, I don't know how any of the other dancers have fared throughout this time. We have to pay for our own health insurance, our own benefits with our own contracts of schedule. Because, too, at Mike Club, we have two different options for schedules. Either open schedule, we show up whenever we want, or a specific schedule that we agree to come in on certain days. And then our paying house is way less than if it was open schedule and they didn't know when to expect us. So not having to pay house at all kind of helped with it. But I too, for a few months, two months, actually from yeah, March, April to May, I didn't have OnlyFans. I didn't know what OnlyFans was. I just got on TikTok, wasn't expecting to get even 2000 followers, but come May, people kept asking like, Oh, well, you're a sex worker. You're a stripper. Why don't you just make an OF so we can see you at work? Cause I was refusing to dance on TikTok. So I finally, created a only fans and immediately uh reaped the benefits it's like oh well exploded so with with you having to you said you pay the house what what do you what do you mean by that what is what is i i know how like etiquette in a strip club works i know how a person is supposed to act within a club i don't know the the back office stuff so what what do you mean by pay the house what is that we pay the club for space uh, different clubs word it differently, whether it's we're renting just a locker or us renting the booths, the VIP rooms, we're renting space and also paying for the club to have security in place to keep us safe. Now, that's one of the things that I just don't really understand and that I wanted to uh, ask you about was should like is that like do you think that that's okay is that like just something i know that i it, it started back in the 90s where they would charge um the dancers um you know like a like a house fee like you were like you were saying but there's like this movement um, among strippers i think in la where they back in 2019 they basically had a strike and tried to unionize and now they are actual employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't quote me on that. I think that they're actual employees 
of the club rather than just an independent contractor. What do you think about vice versa? Those two, um, I, those two things. They would all have to have their own union, though. Like there's there's different union utilities, and that the logistics and 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 all that behind unions is real messy yeah i i remember when that happened one of my coworkers did send information to me to look it over and explain to her in layman's terms what was going on with it and i don't remember other than saying that with the trend of what unions have become in today's society and economy i wouldn't really be for it it's like I'm not trying to like start a war here because there are some people who are hell bent on staying in unions. And I've worked alongside union workers who absolutely hated it because they were having to pay dues to work with people who right. didn't have to work at all. And it also really greatly depends on the profession at work for a union to Correct. work for it. Like like welders, pipe fitters, you know, uh, you know, uh, like engineers, people that like uh, like build boats and build planes, stuff like that. Unions are great because it it pretty much keeps you employed during various economic crises or crises, excuse me, during uh, like downsizing stuff like that. Because the union goes to bat for all these people that are like share, shareholders and all the people in charge are like, look, we've got 30,000 people that are working here that need jobs. They have families, they have children, they have educations to pay for. You can't get rid of them. And it bullies these people into making sure that they maintain employment mm-hmm. for all these people. But if you're like a small time operation, like a club, unless you own a bunch of different branches of a club, like a franchise of clubs, unions, it, it just, it couldn't yeah. work. You know, you have to have the workforce for the union to work. Otherwise, you're paying exorbitant fees for 12 people to show their tits. And it's it's just yeah, not worth it. I know it. Canada, actually, the I, clubs up there have been dropping like flies as the sex work industry has moved to online. So it just, too, it, it's mm-hmm. from what I've heard, it's a shrinking industry. Strip clubs, the sel- like strip clubs themselves are like on the shrinking side. Right. Now, when um, when we do get past this whole quarantine um, COVID mess, do you find yourself wanting to get back into working at the clubs or would you just rather just keep your OnlyFans and your TikTok and just work I'm like that? I'm 50-50 with going back. Like I, I way, way prefer in-person contact with somebody because the one-on-one conversations, seeing their facial reactions, how they respond – it's way more engaging and I can go way further with it versus just texting somebody over mm-hmm. only fans, only having one or two sentences to go off of. I'm like, okay. It's, it's not as, I don't want to say fulfilling, but yeah, it's not as personal. It's, it's way not as personal, more empty, shallow. So I have greatly enjoyed mm-hmm. being too in the club, the solo interactions that I have with people, we can laugh for hours and I, a lot of the time, I do look forward to going to work. On the offside, if I'm like PMSing or something, I don't want to go to work. That's whatever. Gross. <laughs> Nasty. We don't talk about that here, okay? We talk about transgender <laughs> masturbation, and that's as far you as we said, go. You said we were. That you crossed the line. A lot of subjects. 
Yeah, like transgender <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> we did. We went on like a 20 minute tirade one episode. It was okay. hilarious. And I lost track of what the subject was. <laughs> Sorry. My fault. I do that a lot. Uh, it, it was basically you were uh, along the lines of like talking about uh, being personable and versus staying on only fans versus going back yeah. to if, um, the clubs. At my uh, home club, the between the cost of rent and how small the club it is, because there have been so many people when they customer wise, when they step into the club, they will remark to us dancers. This is not a club. <laughs> Compared to Atlanta or Vegas, look, this is not a club. Yeah, I get that, but. Well, do you see tits on stage? Yeah, it's yeah, a club. Versus, versus <laughs> Pay me or get the fuck my, out. Like, my home easy. club is a full nude club. And the first time I went to New Orleans and we, uh, or the club was topless only, I didn't know that. I didn't know there were topless only clubs. So the manager escorted me mm-hmm. on the stage for an audition. Okay. He, he'd said, okay, take your clothes, plural, clothes off. I'm like, okay, I go to take off my bottoms and he freaked out. No, this is topless only. Don't do that. And then he told me <laughs> I wasn't allowed to work there because I'm too raunchy with me trying to take off my bottoms. I was like, what the? F- ah, oh, ah, Jesus. You could have told me that, but nah. <laughs> that, that would have been helpful information before yeah, there's a stilettos in yuma arizona when i was younger <laughs> i was living out west that was topless only and it was weird to me because like why why go to a strip club if it's just boobs like i could see that at home mm-hmm. i could see all of it at home for free oh yeah and it, it's it, and i i didn't know for the longest time that there were full nude clubs mm-hmm. and they yeah. are very different I felt too between my club that as long as the girls aren't complaining and customers aren't getting vulgar, aren't uh, overstepping any reaches or boundaries, that it's way more chill and relaxed versus when I went to New Orleans and Vegas. It just We had to keep one foot on the floor at all times during lap dances. And if our boobs were exposed, we weren't allowed to touch the customer at all. And it was stuff that I wasn't used to. Like, it just it threw me for a loop that because people then will oh here's forty dollars just to wiggle in front of me and not even give me an actual lap dance it was so weird to me right i was like how do how do i don't expect to make money here if i can't do what i'm used to doing now i am the the odd man out here or, or well odd person out uh i have never been to a strip club so i have no idea what the etiquette is like i ha- like when you're talking about like full nude versus topless only like those rules that's like that was my idea of what a strip mm-hmm. club is it's like you know don't touch like you know don't mm-hmm. even look at like don't even look at her <laughs> uh, well, uh, not all of it is is uh, it's yeah. different state to state city to city um some states require like you can have strip clubs some some states you cannot have a strip club you cannot have dancers that that have nudity and then there's places that have restaurants where the the waitresses come out with their boobs out it's just it's it's all a state mandated Mm. thing (laughs) i need to find one of those restaurants (laughs) oh i heard about a restaurant in japan where the waitresses wear mini skirts and no underwear and all of the floors are mirrors (laughs) nice 
<laughs> as far as etiquette goes, again, it, it varies club to club, but the general consensus for right. a patron of the club is spend money. And if you're not, you should probably leave. And if, if you're not spending money and you're just gawking, the manager's probably going to tell you to go because the girls are going to say something guaranteed. Hey, that guy's just been in there watching yeah. us for, for an hour and a half. He hasn't had a drink. He hasn't had any food. He hasn't tipped anybody. He hasn't paid for a dance. He's just sitting there watching and they'll all corroborate the story and the, it, the management will kick them out. Cause there are some places, for example, okay. I made a TikTok just a week ago saying, if you don't, if you plan on coming to the club without spending any money at all, period, please don't even bother coming in. And there was an entire right. war going on in the comment section on people because somebody had asked, have you seen people get kicked out for not spending any money? And me personally, I have because that did happen where dancers had said, hey, they collaborated a story amongst each other, told the manager, complained about the customer and he got kicked out. However, somebody in the comment section right. claimed, oh, I own a club myself and there's no obligation at all for a customer to pay a dancer, you were flat out lying to people now at this point. Because on another part of that same comment section, I had two people who claimed to be bouncers, whether or wherever else, who, oh yeah, at my club, if somebody wasn't spending money either on drinks or dancers, we told them to leave. Because if they aren't spending money, because it too, it varies club to club. No matter how many times I say it fucking varies, People still ask me, but what about Canada? But what about Europe? I don't fucking know. And, and you make a good point. If you're going to go in there, like a free show is cool, but I mean, these people are working, you know, you wouldn't go to Cracker Barrel and just walk around the lobby, <laughs> you know, walk around the gift shop and not buy anything. Like, what's the point? Like, you're, you're going to smell the food and you're not going to buy anything. Like, you're going to just go sit in the dining hall. Like, why would you do that? I'm gonna go home and think. I'm gonna go home food. and think about those those chicken and dumplings and just, and just wish that I could have felt them up against my face. You know, the chicken and dumplings in this instance are breasts. In case anybody was wondering. Now, I I was gonna ask the the the, the question of like, can you touch the girls? But I mean, the the common theme here. I, I'm seeing it is well, it, it, it varies from club to club. <laughs> if, yeah, like it typically, like in my experience, is private dances. Uh, there some mm -hmm. leeway there. I think it's Correct. at the discretion of the dancer. Um, it's not at the discretion of the club because private dance is a private dance. It's a private room. It's you and the dancer, and there is somebody standing guard nearby in case things go sour. But they're not intervening. For the most part, Just unless there they have so to. many stories. Okay, when I was in New Orleans, we there were cameras over every single lap dance booth, VIP booth, uh, whatever it's technically called. And if as soon as a customer would even put his hands on my thighs, the bouncer was told to yell at him to get his hands off of me promptly. And I've kind of felt like, well, this is taking away from the fun of it. But we go up to VIP, like the or the champagne rooms, and oh yeah. It, way way more freedom like okay there's to me it's mm -hmm. i don't see what because too for the vip rooms the champagne rooms the one time i ever was in the champagne room the guy spent three hundred dollars on it for 30 minutes and i only got a hundred dollars of it i was like wait what really like yeah because the club takes the most what? of the cut from what i remember or it depends on whichever room but i felt totally cheated by it 
that okay well i i don't feel like promoting this because that that just that well, just sounds too, so, so fucking dancers, shady understand that that's what happens with the vip rooms so when it goes to time for the guy to buy the vip or the champagne room to pressure him hey you should tip me an extra three hundred dollars to make it worth my time and i just couldn't do that that's me personally because i was broke for so long that i don't try to beg people for extra dollars saying hey have a 15 minute conversation with me. I'm worth a thousand dollars for that. To me, that's very weird. Cause if I have a 20 minute conversation with somebody in a Starbucks, I don't expect to pay them the same money either. But at the same time, you said it yourself, you're putting on a show, you're selling a product and people yes. are willing to buy it. Why not? You know, that they, they came with the anticipation of spending that money some way, shape or form. Oh, I say, get it. Okay, because too this, I feel like this is way more in depth. Because I love to people watch. I've uh, studied up on Grant Cordone's sales tactics for mm -hmm. the dancers that are so pushy to get people to pay a lot of money. They don't have repeat customers because the people end up feeling so used and belittled by those dancers. This is too what I've. I've had these conversations with mm -hmm. hundreds of customers at this point. So the more pushy a dancer is or, Oh no, I'm worth it, baby. I'm worth it. Give me an extra two grand for one hour. And cause I'm not, I'm not saying that dancers who do get paid that aren't worth it. it Cause to each their own, some customers can totally just keep paying money to me, the dancers who are trying to get somebody to take out a second mortgage on their home, just so she can have a nicer purse. That's where, I feel that, yeah, the line should be drawn. The line should be drawn. I mean, I, I guess it goes both ways. <laughs> like, if if you can sell a superior product at a higher price, you should yeah. be able to sell that product at a higher yes. price, as long as yes. you can deliver that product. Versus, I'm going to promise you the moon, and I'm yeah, going to deliver a cracker, and you're going to pay for the moon Correct. and get the cracker there are regardless. A handful of girls that I've worked with that too. They would, oh, hey, for $300, we can have an amazing time yeah, for like 20, 30 minutes. But then after eight minutes, the girls would be, oh, time flies when you're having fun and just walk away with the money. And the customer is sitting there, what happened to the rest of my time slot? And th so those right. are the girls that I don't get along with in my club. They hate me. I hate them. It's a mutual agreement. So it doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess also it comes with experience. How long have you been a dancer for? Uh, How long have you been in this years, industry? But if we're not counting COVID, just under three years dancing. Okay. Yes. So you mm -hmm. got a little bit of experience. You know how to kind of game the system to your advantage without taking advantage Correct. of I, your patrons. I too. I call them uh, – it? it's a camaraderie, not a competition. Because if they're going to treat somebody like other mm -hmm. shit, piss them off, and then he's going to go – put the club on blast and try to get people from coming in doesn't help us out. But if the, if somebody's happy, maybe right. he'll come back and he'll come back on a night that that one dancer he liked isn't there. And then I've got a shot at it or he brings friends. Right. Yeah. And then maybe you can deliver that better product and then you've got a repeat customer for yourself. And that other chick yes. is just in the water. Well, it it seems to me like like how you said like you're selling affection or you're selling conversation. 
you're not really selling your tits and your ass like you're not really selling a day you're selling conversation and being personal with it and if you are personal with somebody they're gonna their pockets are gonna loosen up and you're gonna right. get paid more i mean it's just kind of Feed them sense. a few drinks and then their pocket loosens even wider. <laughs> exactly. Also, Aaron, if you ever go to a strip club, um, there are <laughs> the the dancers don't drink. Not they do, some. but they're not getting drunk. Some. <laughs> uh, some, yeah, yeah, I would say some. I would say some because there's definitely been a few <laughs> few drunk strippers in my life at a club. Well, you know, I saw a TikTok that you would uh, you'd put on and you were talking about the drunk girls versus like mm-hmm. the pe- people who drink versus it, people so who don't drink. It's so different because there are some dancers, as soon as they start getting that tequila, they're ready to fight whoever comes across their path. Other dancers, they come more like way less, <laughs> uh, more affectionate towards all the other dancers that as they walk by us, they'll just like grab us, molest us like, oh, titties, hey, oh, your implants are so nice today, la la la. Uh, other dancers just totally forget <laughs> where their purse is and leave it. And then they blame the managers for not keeping track of their purse for them. Others <laughs> others will get dances wow. with customers, lose track of how many dances it's been. And then when the customer says, no, it was not 20, that was closer to like four, that the dancers, oh, I'm going to get the bouncer to kick your ass into pay me all my money and the bouncers responding you never tip me i'm not gonna fucking fight a customer just because you're drunk again Uh, or walking the dancer out to somebody's car to get a ride home and she's pissing down his backside because she has to be carried a whole bunch of different stuff it Oh, see, yeah, there, there's a lot more to a strip club than just you know. Yeah, beautiful there's also, naked women. <laughs> also there are dancers that <laughs> treat it like a I, I am... job, a business, and others that treat it like a total hobby. Mm-hmm. That that because well, it is a job. Like you're you're going you're 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 getting paid to be there. You know, through tips or through your whatever, mm-hmm. uh, if you make an hourly wage, you're getting paid to be there, and you should be of sound mind and body, and to be able to perform the duties of your job. Like if it's like if I went to if Aaron or I both went to work and we were hammered, or we just started getting drunk at work, we would lose our jobs. We're not <laughs> we're not afforded mm-hmm. the option to just get sauced on the clock. <laughs> yeah, I just get buzzed. I don't get like you know, just a couple couple shots in, in on your brakes here and there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hit hit my vape outside. You know, it's it's fine. It's fine. I drive a forklift. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> How many people can I kill? You know, it's moves slow. You know, don't get out of the way. It's fine. Yeah, I, I got oh, a little yeah. horn on it. Yeah, get out the way. You guys, you, get on the you forks. guys must be best friends with those. Taking you downtown. <laughs> there's there's oh, a yeah. few uh, OSHA manuals that exist strictly <laughs> because of me in my past. <laughs> I've done a lot of dumb shit on ladders. When you have when the morning mm-hmm. meeting is about yep. what you did yesterday. <laughs> so to get back to it, uh, one of the things that I was I was curious about, and, and that I heard in, in one of your TikToks was how how um, girls deal with with harassment. And you basically said, "Look, if you're gonna be a, a dancer, really you're gonna is. have to yeah. deal with harassment. It's just part of the job." So when somebody does push those boundaries for you personally what's the 
like, what do you do? How do you deal with it? Do you just go get the That's bouncer and be like, yeah, kick this guy out? Or you're like, no, stop it. <laughs> guys ended up getting kicked out of the club. For the mass majority of the time, it's a, a very case-by-case situation. If the guy is blasted, drunk, high, I tend to avoid those people. But there are also some people that the alcohol kicks in partway through me giving a dance for them. So I don't realize how blasted they are until towards the end. There's also what I've had guys countless of times, if they're too aggressive with me physically, I first will tell them very sternly to knock it off. That actually hurts. And if they do it again, I will jab my thumb into their jawline pressure point, hold them still and whisper in their ear. You're in my fucking place. You will fucking listen, bitch. And they immediately hands off. And they're like, okay, got it. Because. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That would <laughs> absolutely give me a better. <laughs> you hear this episode? Even in the locker yes. room, I've taught the other dancers how to <laughs> use joint manipulation, pressure points, how to use just prop, simple self-defense tactics for when they do get taken advantage of by customers that are very predatory that they can confidently handle the situation instead of just buckling at a customer's will. Like, oh, well, I was scared and I didn't know what to do. Because to me, nah. If somebody is going to try to push any boundaries, rules after I lay down the line, clearly they have no respect for me. So why the fuck should I show respect in return? I agree. No, oh, just, yeah. Uh, it's also too like that thing about, you know, becoming a victim versus, you know, becoming somebody who mm-hmm. like, if you do that, that guy is not going to fuck with you. Like he's going to know that, you know, this is not yeah. a, a weak minded person. And, yeah. yeah. I and they turn him on a little bit more. <laughs> <several> but <laughs> Where other dancers would approach me and ask me, Hey, how do you handle difficult customers by chance? And one girl, she had this look on her face of wait you've never dealt with a difficult customer in this club have you because i've been dancing for a year and a half at that point and that was before i had dealt with either customers that i got kicked out of the club but me flat just responded back to her flat out no i haven't dealt with any difficult customers because i know what type of customers to avoid and whereas a lot of dancers to keep trying to push that persona Uh, or persona of oh yes oh baby you're so hot for me yes oh baby oh you turn me on that these guys oh it's an open invitation that they can do more me however i try to do my best to keep those boundaries and that real reality this is only a short-lived thing i'm not going to take you home and fuck you you know, you seem very perceptive. Is that something that you had to develop something I've as you were working or is that just a skill that you've always had? Because I definitely, ugh, I was oh. a fucking bitch back in, the, in my teenage years. And... <laughs> mm. Are you also my wife? Jeez. Yeah, I learned how to be very perceptive because with a lot just, god there's been so much that has happened between toxic relationships and family members friends things just going south and me doing my best to remedy situations that i learned how to better situations and relationships and it was through doing that i learned how to become very perceptive 
of uh was it building rapport and investing into relationships so that's why i mm-hmm. treat so many people so mm-hmm. differently in the club right out the bat because i'm looking at it from an investing building rapport with them versus just okay you're like i'm slaughtering a cow today instead of raising a healthy cow to produce milk future on you sound just like my management talking about building rapport and knowing your audience you know reading the room that's what i do because i i'm in people's homes every day and i sell products while i'm in their homes and i don't want to peddle a product that a person Mm -hmm. can't use or isn't going to need and building that rapport talking to your customer talking to your clientele knowing what they expect know you know get a little bit of backstory and in your line of work it's it's very very similar because mm-hmm. you are in fact selling a product it, there's so many so many relations between what i do in a person's home in their living room fixing their tv and what you do in a club <laughs> bouncing your tits in their face like it is the same thing it's at at its baser levels you know it is offering a product and are you willing to buy this how can i how can i close this deal with you oh there was this tiktok that i don't know the guy's username but he made a tiktok two ish two three days ago saying he doesn't understand the point of strip clubs and other dancers that i'm friends with on tiktok were just laying into him doing what they could to chastise. I'm like, well, dude, if you're broke, just say it. Totally missing the point. Cause I've had so many guys that when they do come into the club, cause their friends bring them there and they're like, Oh, I'm not interested in getting any dances. And I have an 80% success rate on still getting dances with those people who say they have absolutely no desire to get a dance. They didn't want to be there in the first place. Cause it's all about just selling them on. Okay. Maybe it's a different perspective. Where are you coming from? How do you view this? How can I? Yeah. And that's why so mm-hmm. many dancers that absolutely hate people that come in. Oh, no, I, I don't even see the point of this club. Okay, well, it's beyond just you because there are other people who have nobody to talk to. There's other people who just found out their fiance, girlfriend, wife is cheating on them or and they just need somebody to lament to or truckers that have nobody to be affectionate with Mm. uh yeah just so many things people testing out social skills even it's such a broader thing than just having tits in their face i never really thought of it like that i never thought that's so interesting (laughs) yeah that is completely interesting like mind blown I have people ask me, like, hey, but do you ever check your messages? That's fine. Like, I do, but a lot of them aren't worth responding to. If it's just a simple, hi, you really expect me to sit here and text with you all day? No, not going to happen. Yeah, two million followers. You know, you can't, you can't respond to them all at once. It's, it's insane. That was one of the things that I was just completely blown away by. It was like, she's got 2.5 million followers. I'm just going to throw it out there. And see if she responds. And I was like, oh my gosh, she actually responded. That is amazing. Because I was like, I in the text, I was like, look, I know this is probably going to get lost in the millions yeah, of I, uh, thousands of inboxes that you get, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Very fast at uh, reading. I learned how to speed read. So I just go through things. Okay, is this worth reading? Is this a compliment? Is this somebody just trying to share a video? There's so many different categories. Okay, let me see what this is and get into it. 
but to texting is very time consuming. So if it's somebody that is asking a basic question that I've already answered 20 times in my TikToks, or they're complimenting me, just there, there's a lot of things where if with how time consuming texting right. is, if it isn't major or it could be very beneficial, I'm not going to spend the time to do this because I also have my daughter who is with me uh, four days of the week. And yeah, I've got too much going on to sit here and text hundreds of people daily. Well, and on that, that note, thank you, Colleen, for, for coming on.